This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. When people are living with HIV, we're looking at how strong is your immune system. So it just, it kept on attacking me. Then I get infected with shingles. And shingles, that it goes right into my central nervous system instead of my body. And then it attacked my retina. And then uh, now I'm legally blind. No sight, no images. But I'm still living very happily because I get very strong social support, strong community support. You know, uh, and... Uh, my guide Olsen also helped me out to navigate everywhere. He's a Pluto, so everybody's talking. You know, I can never get from point A to point B without anybody stopping me. Oh, I've never seen a Pluto. I always see a Labrador. Then next thing, I have no idea they're already touching him. <laughs> That's Kenneth Poon. He's one of the 14 chefs that participated in the Casey House pop-up called June's HIV Eatery, which is one of Canada's first HIV-positive restaurants, helping to eliminate stigma. Kenneth, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're most welcome. What I first wanted to begin with, and just to give people an idea of who Kenneth is and what you do, um, just a little bit of background. You participated and you were one of the chefs mm-hmm. that were part of the June's HIV eatery. That's correct. Where did the idea come from? Actually, the ideas came from, I guess it's from the research team uh, from Casey House. They realized that they do a survey back in 2017 they realized that nationally over 50% of the people still have stigma and discrimination not to sharing food or cooking food uh, by a person living with HIV. The majority of the population still think that, okay, if you're HIV, you must be dirty. It's your sexual orientation. You have to be a gay man. But there is no discrimination on HIV virus itself. It happens to men, women's children. It's not transmitted to skin to skin. It has to be uh, blood to blood. It's okay to share food with the person living with HIV. It's okay to share a straw. It's okay to uh, share a drink with a person living with HIV. You know, the only thing that you might be seeing something that you have to be precautious if, if I. If you someone notice me, I have a cut, you definitely don't, you know, touch my wound or the cut, right? And especially when you or your finger have a cut too, so you're better off to use universal precaution, basically using gloves. But uh, there's a lot of myth and people, I, I, I think people, it's just lack of education and misunderstanding about the virus. So they have a little bit concern or how to interact with people living with HIV. And this is why Casey House wanted to do this campaign, just to have uh, inviting all the dignitary and guests coming in for three nights uh, that all HIV staff and uh, for them. How did you get involved in that event? Back in 2005, I was a Casey House client. I was so not well because of the virus. And then I get admitted to Casey House for two years, one month. And when they start launching a campaigning with this uh, June eatery, they think about me as from a client perspective that they would like to have me to be part of the project. So I am one of the 14 chefs in the June eatery. What was um, it like for you to participate in an event like this? What did it mean to you? I was very empowering, I think, because of the chef, uh, Matt Beso. He's a very nice man and his team. 
came and showed us how to cook. Uh, we designed the menu from the beginning uh, to the cooking at the end, you know, and he was there for us all the time. It was very empowering. I also get the great opportunity to work with other people living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are lawyers, some of them are writers, some of them are activists, some of them is just uh, uh, working in the sector. Mm-hmm. So it come uh, also it, uh, they have all diverse background. We have people, uh, typical Canadian born in here, like myself, I'm Asian. And then we also have the Latino, uh, some couple of Latino, couple indigenous people working with us. So it is very inclusive. Who developed the menu? Actually, we did. We, at the very beginning of the project, we the first that we met is actually introduce each other and then start developing the menu. So 14 of us sitting uh, from, I still remember, from 5 o'clock till 10 just to design the menu, the four-course meal. But then at the end, we came up with a sort of a international flavor. It's more sort of like a chicken broth with a coconut uh, base mm-hmm. uh, with some ginger and vegetable. So it's quite delicious. The soup, I think, is a kick. Oh, it sounds... It's the talk of the town for the night, yeah. It sounds delicious. And then the second course is also... I consider it's like a, an appetizer, but more like a warm salad, roasted vegetable with artichoke, you know, all different kinds of vegetable. We roast it and we put some spice on on top of it. And then the main course, we have two main course. One is um, a smoked char with the Italian broccoli. Mm-hmm. And then the second course, it is a skirt steak with black pepper sauce and then bed it with uh, a fettuccine pasta. And then uh, I think it's a tiramisu, yeah? It's mm, a tiramisu my favorite. With gingerbread flavor. Yeah, gingerbread with tir- tiramisu flavor on it. Tiramisu is my favorite. Yeah, me too is my favorite too. That's so <laughs> I loved good. It. <laughs> I never get a chance to work in the dessert part. But some of the other chefs, they work on dessert part. They say, oh, you're so lucky. We get stuck in the basement. <laughs> what did, the what station bread. were you? I was, I was, I, I have to be admit that Matt is very accommodating, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm the only visual impaired uh, chef in the team. Mm-hmm. He makes sure that I do some light work. I flake the fish. I blanch the rupini the Italian broccoli for the, and I uh, cut some uh, tomatoes and cut some artichokes. Uh, basically, that's what I did. And I do a little bit frying the pasta a little bit. Nice. Sear and pan fry the pasta. Okay, so you were, you were a lot yeah. on prep, which is yeah. fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot avoiding cutting me. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from the knife. <laughs> I think they're afraid that I don't cut it very even. Yeah, because we tend to do it a little uh, on an angle at times. Yeah, that's why I told him. I said, we learn as a person who are visually impaired, we learn how to cut. Maybe not as precise as people with with sight, but we do a pretty good job. Absolutely. And then, yeah, Matt even called me sugar. Yeah. Oh, sugar, you don't do this. You know, you're such a prince. You need to do something very more. <laughs> more for you. Well, it's that time where we play a couple games. All right. First game is called This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. I'm going to give you two words and you choose which one of the two words suits you. Best. All right. Salty or sweet? 
sweet. Dine in or take out? Dine in. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Toilet paper, do you put it over or under? Over. Yes! Kenneth, important. <laughs> over? I don't know why I put that under. How do you feel it? <laughs> under, and then you keep on spinning the thing, and it just keeps That's on going right. round. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Toothpaste, do you squeeze it from the middle or from the bottom? From the bottom. Oh, Kenneth, we are meant to be together here. <laughs> <laughs> You did mention to me that you do a lot of cooking. Mm-hmm. What's the first recipe you can rem- remember trying? I do a little bit honey garlic, uh, pan fried sear salmon. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite dish. Okay. It's my dish that I usually do as quick and easy. Then my friend showed, oh, that's another easy step to do do uh, salmon by pan fried. I said, how you do it? They say, actually, just before, after about four minutes of, you know, you put it in a medium temperature for frying in a, uh, the salmon, then you put a little bit of salt and pepper and then a little bit of soya. Just a dash of soya and then cover it, the lids for another minute or so, and then you start serving. So if with rice and broccoli, that was delicious, the dish. So what would you say your cooking style is? Um, I would say it's mostly Asian. You know, I do a lot of steam, steamed vegetable, uh, little pan fried, a little bit. Sometimes I, I don't do my dumpling. I buy the dumpling from the market. I do the steamed dumpling. Make a lot of homemade soup. Okay, rapid fire. Name five foods you always keep in your fridge at all times. Chicken, ice cream, vegetable, seafood, meaning shrimp. And I would say fish. Favorite snack? Cake. Cake, definitely. Uh, fruits, nuts, mm-hmm. and a little bit biscuit. Oh, I'm seeing Kenneth, you're a snacker. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> what celebrity would you love to cook for? Annette Banning. Favorite chef? I have to say Susan Lee. Oh, Jamie Kennedy. Those are the two. Susan Lee, Jamie Kennedy. I'm Mary Mamalidi, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with educator and chef, Kenneth Poon. One thing we didn't talk about was a little bit of your visual impairment. Mm-hmm. Was this something, was it something you were born with? Mm, no, it was because of, uh, well, even my doctors say it's not HIV related, mm-hmm. but I guess because it, my, my immune system was completely shut down. When, when people are living with HIV, we're looking at two things in the blood work. It's your CD4 and your viral load, how much virus inside, HIV virus inside your body, and how strong is your immune system. So they're looking at your CD4 count. So your CD4 count should be high. Normal person CD4 should be from 800 to 1500. I was down to 10. And my HIV virus is over a couple million at that time. So it just, it kept on attacking me. Then I get infected with shingles. And shingles that get into my central nervous system. It's painful. Yeah, it is. Well, for my case, it wasn't painful. It goes right into my central nervous system instead of my body, and then it attacks my retina. Oh. And destroy my retina. So I have about seven times uh, for my eyes operation, but they cannot save it because it's just the virus go very, very aggressive. And then uh, now I'm legally blind. No sight, no images. 
but I'm still living very happily. Absolutely. Because I get very strong. Yeah, so strong social support, strong community support, you know, uh, and uh, my guy, Dr. Olsen, also helped me out to navigate everywhere. Sir, what's his name? Olsen, O-L-S-E-N. Oh. Yeah. He's a poodle. I saw a picture of him. He's a cutie. Yeah, he's a poodle. So everybody's talking. You know, I can never get from point A to point B without anybody stopping me. <laughs> oh, I never seen a poodle. I always see a Labrador. Then next things, I have no idea they're already touching him. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's another education. Yes. We need to talk about, you know, not to touch a guy dog when he's working. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it is unusual to see a poodle as a guide dog. Yes. But yeah. he's so cute. Yeah, he's working. He's doing good. Uh, he's doing very good when it comes to guiding. He has his moment. Oh, does Sometime he? Sometimes his behavior, yeah. Because I let him, most of a guide dog, you see, most of a guide dog is so robotic. And I don't want my dog to be robotic. I want him to be a dog a little bit. So when I went to the guide dog school, I say, is it okay to let him play a little bit once in a while? He said, well, as long as you can keep him safe, you're most welcome to let him be a dog. So I took him to all the dog park in my area. Mm -hmm. So he played for maybe an hour every day with another dog. Mm -hmm. So he he seems to be quite playful because I I want him to have a balanced, you know, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Half work time working, half time just playing. And it is a good way. If people want to get to know other people, have a guide dog. You never get bored. Always people will come asking you questions in the dog park. Oh, here's a guide dog. How does it work? You can always make friends and get you going out. You know, most people don't like to be exercised or going out. And you have no choice. If you have a guide dog, you have to go without and relieve them. Was there anything that you thought going into Casey House, having a visual impairment? I mean, I know mm-hmm. me before I do things, I'm always kind of a little apprehensive about certain things. Was there anything mm-hmm. that sounded really difficult to you. But when you got in there, it was surprisingly effortless. I got in there, it's effortless. To flake a fish, to blanch a... Well, mind you, I'm talking about blanch the rupini. I said, oh, that was easy. My first, you know, thought, oh, that was easy. Mm-hmm. But when you bring me to close to the stove, I can sense the stove was about, uh, I would say, uh, over one, one, and a, one and a half feet high to two feet high. You know, and it was a big part of water. All I can feel is the steam coming cl- closer. So I stand about maybe three feet away mm-hmm. from the stove <laughs> and reach out and use my bl- just to blanch the vegetable, right? right? And then Matt came up, the chef came up. Oh, you can stand a little bit closer. I said, that's okay. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I say, what about the boiling water? If I blanch it, if the pot is not strong enough, it just falls <laughs> Oh, my skin. Then I'm blind. I get burning skin all over me. But I did not say it until now, actually. <laughs> so I stand a little bit closer, a little bit closer. He keeps on seeing me. Oh, he can get a little bit more closer. <laughs> and in your mind, you're thinking, outside. oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> now we're going to play a little word association. When I say the word chocolate, what comes to mind? Chocolate sweet. Whipped cream. Uh, smooth. Coconut. Dehydration. Fruit. Fiber. Syrup. Syrup? Yeah. Overly sweet. Food. Delicious. 
and yogurt. Yogurt,、uh, antibiotic. No,、uh, not antibiotic. Probiotic. <laughs> probiotic. <laughs> yeah, not I, antibiotic. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a pattern here: fruit, fiber, yogurt, and、uh, probiotic. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, this guy is nuts a lot. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> There's that time where I ask all my guests to share one of their kitchen confessions with me. Okay. Do you have one that you you want to share? You know, something that may not have gone exactly how you would have planned, or. Well, I I have to do a kitchen confession with me is、uh, living in a building, right?、Uh, which is a community living building. It's all community driven. So it was Christmas around Christmas time, and I inviting、uh, two of my friends coming in. I say, "Well, I serve you a steak." I bought some beautiful, you know,、uh, sirloin steak, you know, in a butcher shop. Why don't we have dinner at my place? They all came over and they even asked me if I need any help. I said, No, I am a pretty good cook. I get all the roasted potato done, all the vegetable done, and make a butternut squash soup. Everything's ready. So everything's already okay. I just need to cook the steak. So which I did. But I guess I was getting a little bit excited, you know,、uh, carry the conversation with my friends, not paying attention to stick, and then it was burned. No. And then the fire alarm going on. In the building. And I can't stop it. I open my friend. All my friends have frantically opened the door, everything, and I even use turn on the ventilation at that time, turn on my bathroom ventilation, and it make it work. It did not stop. No. So the fire truck show up. No. Of course, <laughs> the, this is not the worst thing. They show up. They come in. They knock on my door. They said, "Oh,、uh, is everything okay? I said, It's fine. It's just my stick is burned. <laughs> I cannot stop it on、uh, right away." They said, "Okay, next time be careful. Just make sure you turn on、uh, the ventilation and open the window." I said, "I will. Thank you." <laughs> But that's not the worst thing. When at the end of the night. Around nine thirty, I went down、uh, to greet my guests to leave. You know, just walk out with them.、Mm-hmm. You know, it was beautiful day. It wasn't too cool. A few clients came, residents came up. To, oh, it was you on fire! I said, "Yeah, what's the problem?" Oh, we have a Christmas dinner gathering in the community room. Everybody has stepped out while we're having dinner. <laughs> <laughs> They stepped out for five minutes <laughs> because of me <laughs> in all beautiful outfit, and then I have no idea it was Christmas dinner for them. <laughs> They said, "Wow, we're just having our turkey. The fire go on, and everybody have to leave, and you are the." <laughs> <laughs> so I make it very famous in the building. There we go. It's a good way to become popular, <laughs> to get your,、right. to get your name you know? known. Who's that? That's yeah, Kenneth. Yeah, it was Kenneth. It's the one who wanted to set the fire, the, <laughs> the whole building on fire. That was him on Christmas Day, around Christmas Day. <laughs> Merry Christmas, to that, everyone! Right? <laughs> that's right. That's. That's 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 one thing I learned. Now every time I cook, make sure my kitchen window is. Open and ventilation is on. <laughs> It's like a checklist now. Do this first, and、That's、then. Right. <laughs> Never、oh, happens again. That is、I、too funny.、Not. That is too funny. Yeah.、Oh. Well, the, thank the you for sharing that.、There. That made my day. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I thank you, Mary. It was an absolute pleasure. And just keep on doing what you're doing. You are fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I will keep you posted what's going on. If any eatery coming up, I'll post it. Please do. You know, and let you know. And yes, I'm doing another thing coming up. It's called a Thai feast. Okay. Yeah, with with another agency in... I think it's in November. We have to define it. What agency? It's a fundraising campaign. We do uh, with all the peers too, doing all the Thai cuisine, Thai and Indonesian cuisine. cuisine. So I will be not the uh, main focus. I'll be helping out, but some of my peers who are Thai and Indonesian, they will be the one who prepare all the food for all uh, all the, the guests. Excellent. But it is much more in smaller scale. But definitely you're going to hear from me. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew. And I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.